Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Mashless Buttons MASHcast. I am Jarrett and I'm here with the scourge of Iron Forge and Games Industry Public Defender, Nick Zellenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, welcome to... I, I, I called these set of podcasts the Final Five. There, sh- there should be more. There should be more. Well, you want to go to 200. I do. I want to make it to 200 and, th- and then we can we can call it a day. I don't know. Like, is it, I would say yes, but then again, like you're having a baby soon, so I don't know if we can make t- make it to two hundred. You, you know, the, the thing about that is, if you'd asked me about that yesterday, I'd be like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna have the kid. I'll still find time for things." But after this weekend, when I had no time for anything because I spent all my time just prepping for the baby, yeah, I'm gonna have no time for anything. So, yeah, so this, these are the final five. Yeah, these are the final five. <laughs> Uh, mash those buttons, mash cast. Sad thing, but we have a couple things we want to say before we take it down. And uh, this episode, this episode is going to focus on the death of the games press, <laughs> like the mash cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the mash cast. <laughs> death of the day of the games press, just like the death of the mash cast. Uh, but unlike the mash cast, the, the the games press, it feels like it's been dying over the last few years. And I don't think I'm the only person who's been feeling that. I mean, whoa. I mean, you know, we've seen like things like, uh, uh, you know, joystick go offline, and now they're just kind of, uh, you know, a side blog on Engadget. Uh, you had the PA report that came up, and people liked it, and then it went away. Well, it went away, and then it kind of was subsumed into Polygon in a way. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, so you, know, you had that. You have all these game sites that stopped really being game sites, and now they're about everything with nerd or geek culture. Uh, you know, you have... Well, IGN did that a long time ago. But IGN is a monster on its own. You can't really compare anything to IGN. I mean, last time I checked, I think they get like 35 million unique visitors a month. Nobody's catching those numbers. So, good for them. But, uh, you know, uh, Kotaku used to be, you know, video games and Japanese culture, specifically. Now it's everything. Now it's, it's comic books, it's movies, all that stuff. Polygon, when Polygon first came out, it was supposed to be this... It was supposed to be like Vice, but for video games. <laughs> That's what I felt like. It was supposed to be like Vice, but for video games. And now it's everything. And it's frustrating to me because I'm looking at my RSS feed. And I'm looking for stuff video game related. But I'm finding stuff about, you know, what was that movie about? Well, American Sniper reviews and stuff like that. I'm like, what? What feed am I looking at? And fucking, it's in, it's in Polygon. Polygon talking about that movie. Polygon is how I manage to stay hip on what's going on in the culture. So if I got to find out from them about, you know, fake babies and American Sniper, that's how I know what all the kids are talking about. Ah, gotcha. Uh, No, I I don't share your sentiment, Nick. Actually, full disclaimer, I stopped following Polygon on Twitter like months ago. (laughs) It was one of the best decisions you ever made. Yeah, and actually, the next next one on the list is going to be Forbes Games, because they've been on a stream where they're like, 
what is it? The, the last thing I saw was something like, uh, I guess, what, Netflix is reviving Voltron? And they're like, Netflix shouldn't revive Voltron. It, it should revive this other anime that was much better. Like, like, like it's like all, their, like, all their all their stuff is like, like, the media shouldn't be doing this. It should be doing this. Like, stop fantasy booking and just, like, you know, like, just, just shut up. Stop telling people what to do. You're fucking Forbes Games. The only reason you exist is so that everybody who plays games now will know what Forbes is in 30 years when they go to retire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, I stopped going to Forbes because now if you have, uh, like, a, not even just an ad blocker, but something that blocks trackers on your browser, they won't let you on the site. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to disable my trackers so I can get into your stupid website. Yeah, it's not worth Your it. articles have made me more angry than anything. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody that I've disagreed with more than Paul Tassie. To be perfectly honest with you. That is correct. <laughs> I will say to <laughs> wait, 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 actually, to go back a moment. Do so you disagree with Paul Tassie more than you would disagree with Ben Kuchera? Me, I, me, Ben Kuchera writes so fucking much that there are some things I have to agree with him with. But sometimes Ben Kuchera is just being a troll. Like, he he really is. Like, he's just being a troll. But you know what? We'll come back around to that. Um, but no, like, the thing I will give to Forbes Games, though, is that Forbes Games generally focuses on video games. Or they at least try to make the things they're talking about come back around the games. No. They, <laughs> no? I disagree. No, because they have Walking Dead reviews. They they cover all, all of the, Forbes the, games. the geek culture stuff without any without any air of, of of attempting to connect it back to games. I mean, there's no they, no. I mean, they, they they flat out you know have articles about you know certain you know events in The Walking Dead and what they mean or whether or not they actually happened or not or um, without trying to be too spoilerific, people will know what I'm talking about. Like they talk about that stuff. They don't. They 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 are they are in that group that you were referring to earlier that has abandoned the concept of being strictly a game site, despite the fact that they're still called Forbes Games. At least Polygon, you've got Poly in the name, so it's like if you want to start talking about other stuff, you can just be like, it's Poly. <laughs> like it's more things. That's great. Like it was always in the in, in design, but with like Forbes Games, like no, like your your name is very restrictive. You should respect that. Well, no, and, and with Polygon, because you keep saying that about Polygon, I'm not gonna give them a pass on that. Because <laughs> when they were when they were first coming out with Polygon, they made a huge deal about their editorial staff and their writing staff and how they care about games and games as an art form and celebrating games and celebrating game developers as artists and blah 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 blah. blah. And then they were doing these long form articles, which were awesome. And when I guess that wasn't really making the money they were looking for, well, we're just going to cover everything in geek culture. So you you think it was entirely a financial decision then? I believe so, yeah. Because I'm I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not going to say that the, the money is there to support just doing an entire game site. But I feel like a lot of this too is that like, Maybe, I mean, maybe it's just that people are too lazy to set up a personal blog. Like, I get... Like, because, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, how how many times have we started talking, to, you know, like, Stephen and our, like, pre-show and stuff, been, like, talking about all this other media that we watch or all this other, you know, stuff that we, we, we do that's not games-related? And there are interesting discussions to be mined there, but they're not at all 
related to what we're going to talk about on the MASHcast. And, like, I could see, like, you know what, like, especially when you start writing and you start getting used to, like, you know, people, like, reading your opinion on things. Like, you know, I put out my opinion on Metroid, or I put out my opinion on... Yeah, Super Meat Boy, and people read that and people reacted to that. Well, I've got an opinion on the latest episode of Arrow, so why wouldn't people want to read that opinion and react to that? Like, I guess it's a a form of hubris, maybe in a way that it's like, it's like once you start thinking like some of what you say is interesting, the next logical leap is that everything you say is interesting, and so it's like, well, I'm not getting paid to write about Arrow, but I'm getting paid to write about you know, the games. So why can't I, why can't I like just get paid to write about Arrow? Like, why can't I, I expand my horizon in that regard and, and, and continue to write and have an influential opinion and that people are going to react to and get paid for it. And if the site is willing to let them, then so be it. Well, no, that's fine, but that's more on the editors because you can write whatever you want about whatever you want to write, but then put that on a site that's, that's about Arrow or that's about television or that's about movies the Polygon editorial staff should have made sure that the the you know it, you know that you know the media that they were sticking to was games or the articles they were writing about are games. Like there's plenty plenty of writers write for multiple websites. I mean, look at Joel. You know, look at Joel writes for a bunch of. I mean, I I don't know how, if he still does on a regular basis. I don't. I think there's one website he writes for mainly. But he he just pushed pushed out an article on uh, Gama Sutra. He had a few articles on Gama Sutra, and God bless him. Like, yeah, like, he has had a few articles. Good job, Joel. We, we need to get it back on here for these one of these final five, just to like tip our hats to him, because the fact that like <laughs> like I, I like I feel lifted. Like I podcasted with that guy. Like every time I see an article on Gama Sutra that he put up, so. Like I look forward to him making it to like IGN or wherever he's trying to get to. Like I know he'll he he's well on his way. If you're listening, Joel, I'm giving you a thumbs up. Yeah, great job, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, you can write for multiple sites. But what I'm saying is Polygon. I, that's why I believe it was it was financially motivated because you know they stopped doing the things that they were saying they were putting together the site to do. We want to do these long form articles and you know uh, you know go in depth with certain things and that was really cool. But then it just became another regular kind of gaming site. You know, and, and then it dropped down to, well, now we're in everything site. Well, now, the thing, though, like you said, is it's all financially motivated. Like, there just aren't the viewers or the readers there. Not, not, see, now, that's not, that's not it. Because there are the viewers. The thing is, most gamers, or most people who are going to go to those websites, are technically savvy. So, guess what they have? Ad blockers. Ad blockers. <laughs> they have ad blockers. And you know what the thing is? I actually do not mind ads. If an ad pops up on a website, I don't care. What I do care about are trackers. That's what I care about. And, you know, when you have an ad blocker or something that is a... That's a tracker. uh, Not an ad blocker, but like a tracker blocker. Like I use Ghostery. It shows you how many things it's blocking. And I'm going to some of these websites... And uh, it's like 40 trackers it's blocking. Damn. 60 trackers it's blocking. I'm like, are you serious? You know? That's why I don't I don't like... I, I, that's why I don't like... That's, that's the thing about Forbes. Like, you know, if it was just about ads, I'd take it down. I, I'd, I'd disable it. But it's not about ads. It's about trackers. You know? I, I get tired of where it doesn't happen to me anymore. But let's say I go to a website 
that's about uh about for a certain game, right? All of a sudden, next time I go to Amazon, it's like, hey, you might like this game, you know, the one I just searched, or hey, you might like this. Uh... Ooh, I still turned that off. Sorry, guys. <laughs> or yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm on Facebook and it shows me an ad. You know, like I I don't like that. I don't like tra- uh, trackers. I found so, the safest way to just not see ads on Facebook is just not go to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah, I mean, I run the page there. I gotta go. Not that's to mention, true, what true. would the, what would my friends do without this, the memes I post? <laughs> <laughs> what would they do? I, I feel like that is, like, one of the leading thoughts of, like, everyone under, what, like, 35 in, like, 2016? Like... Everyone under thirty five, so you just you just kind of slipping me in there, huh? Maybe under forty. Maybe under forty. I feel like there's there's a lot of people like <laughs> I really don't like Facebook, and I totally want to leave it, but like my friends got to see these dank memes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, the thing is, like, cause I don't really, I never post anything significant on Facebook. It's all memey stuff, you know. Yeah, but, that's good. Your your memes are dank. You're good. No, oh, thank you very much, Nick. Dank meme certified by Nick Zomakevich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, like, yeah, that's why I think it's it's you know it's definitely it's, it's financially motivated, and I guess there is an audience there, but they all use ad blockers, you know, for the most part. Actually, um, uh, Destructoid wrote about that. That you know, they while you know they were trying to figure out ways to to support the site, and he busted out some statistics about, you know, ad blockers and more than half of their viewers use ad blockers more than half. That's a lot. Mm. And if you, you know, for a site destructo it, I'm like, eh, it kind of sucks. Um, because destructo, it's a really good site. Like, I really enjoy destructo. They're one of the last few, uh, bastions <laughs> of, uh, you know, game, game journalism left. Yeah. Um. And actually, I do know that one of, one of the things they wanted to do, they wanted to um redo the site eventually, but I, don't, I just don't think they've hit, they've had the revenue to to do that because because of that. And you know, they, they're still up and running. Cause I guess they get that much that much viewership a month. But as you can see, like if you go to the site and watch, I'm actually going to go to the site right now. <laughs> just closed destructor. <laughs> oh, and I was gonna say now completely revamped. But this taking a long time to load though. Now I'm a little worried, Nick. Oh, there we go. It's coming up. Yeah, yeah, same site. <laughs> they really haven't changed anything. No, no, I got an ad for the last Witch Hunter now on digital HD. Get it on Blu-ray February second by now. Did you get that pop up? On no on, on, on destructor? Nope. Now, I did not get that. I'm using. I'm using. Usually, when you block the trackers, it also blocks the ads. So. Okay. Yeah. You, you're not using a blocker, Nick. No, I I I let I share everything with the internet. <laughs> gotta get with the times. No, but like, yeah, you gotta find another. You gotta find another way to really connect with the audience, or you know, either some type of subscription service. I think Destructoid runs a subscription service. I forget what it's called, though, and I forget what... You get something. Uh, maybe access to betas or something like that. Uh, and then there's, you know, Giant Bomb also does it, and a lot of their, their content is actually gated behind that, that, that you know, paywall. 
most of their content is not, but some of it is. So, I mean, they, they figured out a way to do it. But, you know, some of the bigger, like a lot of the bigger sites, like they're just turning into these big molds of everything. Mm. So, I mean, I think that's, that's a problem in itself. Well, if it's the bigger sites, though, do you think then it's because it's financially motivated because they're not making enough money off the games part? Or is it because they, they just want to expand and you can only expand your games coverage so much? Like, at some point, it's like, we want to cover, like, we want to be bigger and, like, we can't do any more with the games. So, like, we need to have somebody, you know, reviewing TV shows. Well, most of these bigger sites are part of larger networks. Like, you know, Polygon is part of Vox, Kotaku's part of Gawker. They'll, they're specifically, they were specifically supposed to be, you know, the gaming portions of those networks. And now you kind of see them get, can, you know, they're cannibalized. Oh, they're cannibalizing the content from other sections. Well, that, I mean, that's fundamentally what led to the downfall of Joystick. Is that, the, you know, the AOL was owning that and just decided to just kill Joystick. Well, yeah, they just merged into... Um, and gadget, and gadget, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, AOL was not doing that great to begin with, but uh, yeah, I guess just the joystick wasn't getting enough traffic for them to, to sustain it. Right. Right. Well, you know, actually, that's not even true. It's not exactly a traffic issue. It's just that AOL arbitrarily decided to kill those sites because, like, Wow Insider was doing fine. And AOL was just like, we're cutting your budget. And then they were still doing fine. And then AOL was like, we're just shutting you down. Like, and it was entirely just because they needed to, you know, they needed to just kill parts of the budget. And I mean, obviously they weren't, you know, if, if they were like super performing, they probably wouldn't have been killed, but they weren't, they weren't like struggling. They weren't terrible. It's, you know, they were, they were, they were almost sort of underfunded. They, I mean, they could have had more content. And that's one of the things, too, I mean, is to look at what happened to WoW Insider. That as soon as they got killed, everybody left there and started a Blizzard Watch funded by Patreon and ads. And they're doing great there. And they brought a whole bunch of people back that they had to let go of previously for layoffs. And the one the, the one guy that runs it, uh, was it, was it Alex Zebart? I think? He, he was saying that he had ideas for how to get the site, like, to improve the site and to get more revenue into the site when it was WoW Insider, and nobody was listening to him. They wouldn't let him, they wouldn't let him expand the site. They wouldn't let the site grow. Now that he's running, uh, now that he's running Blizzard Watch, he's putting all these things into place. And, you know, what, one of the things that he had is that he wanted to change WoW Insider so it wasn't just WoW-focused, so that it was Blizzard-focused. That was the first thing that he did. But one of the other things that he wanted to do was add a section about non-gaming related media and so now blizzard watch which you know grew out of wow insider so we started with a a a site focused on one specific game grew into a site that focused on a company about games and now has a section that focuses on all sorts of geek culture non-media specific okay so, oh, I, mean, I mean, it's working great for them, but I just find it funny that, like, they, they, they keep blowing things out. And so it's like, what are they going to talk about next? And the only thing I think they could talk about next is that they were like, oh, this is going to be about geek culture. You won't see anything about sports in here. So in, like, three years, I'm waiting for them to unveil their sports section. Right. No, I, I get you. But, I mean, when you have these sites that cover everything, I mean, they either become, like, very large 
or it, it like it either become very large, or the thing is is you know different parts of their coverage start to suffer, or all of their coverage suffers because now they're doing so much stuff. Well, and that's generally what I think what would happen rather than uh you know them become large enough to, to be able to sustain this, like well, IGN. Everything is a big word, and I wouldn't say that these sites cover everything. I think it's more that they are open to having articles about certain topics, but I don't think like 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 just because they're reviewing, you know, like they have somebody on like like to go back to Arrow again. Like they might have somebody on staff who watches Arrow every week is willing to write about Arrow, or somebody that watches Walking Dead is willing to write about Walking Dead. But they're not all of a sudden like, well, we need somebody to cover every TV show. Like that's just like I I don't think they're they're quite. They're not going for everything, but what they've done is they've just removed whatever restrictions that may have arbitrarily been there that would prevent them from covering anything so that it, 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 it gives them, I guess, greater freedom as far as the topics that they do pick and choose to cover. But even even then, if you wanted to cover everything in like nerd culture, I mean, that is a broad, broad category. And no, I don't think, I mean, uh, you would need multiple people just focused on that. And even then, I mean, again, you know, like if you want to break it back in the other direction, I mean, ner- the, you know, nerd culture sites break down, like there are sites there, like, I mean, even look at just like otaku, like, you know, as far as like, you know, like, as far as like an aspect of nerd culture, as far as how you can break down, you have sites about just specific shows. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it's really how in depth you want to get on any given subject or just, I, I think most of these sites, when they say that they're, they're going to cover everything, it's more so that they're just saying that so that they have the freedom to talk about whatever they want to talk about. No, right. That's true. But like, if you're going to continue to expand outward, eventually something's got to give. Or you have to keep growing. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Hmm. Like, you know, right now, um, Polygon in depth still covers Destiny. But what else, like, you know, how. <laughs> how is that going to keep them growing? <laughs> right. Well, it's a how, like, you know, what other, if, there, if there's some other games that come out that are, like, kind of in that fashion, how many games can they actually cover like that? You know, do you hire just one person per game to do it? I mean, technically speaking, not per game, but, you know, per game like that. Well, I assume that if they're willing to continue to cover Destiny, that there has to be a sustained interest in Destiny, even if people aren't playing the game. And maybe it's the kind of thing, maybe it's the kind of thing that you've seen with WoW, where even as people have left the game, they're still following the game. There's so many posts, especially on Reddit. But even then, I see it in the comments on Blizzard Watch, where people are like, oh, you know, I haven't, you know, I unsubbed, you know, X amount of months ago, or I unsubbed at this point, and I'm still checking it out. And sometimes they're like, should I come back? Or sometimes they're like, and all the stuff you're telling me is why I'm still unsubbed. So maybe it's the same thing with Destiny, where people are just following it, and they're like, you know, is it worth coming back in after taking King? Or did I, you know, I did everything I was going to do, and I can just sit on the sideline until the next Sparrow League racing or, or something happens. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's fine, but still, we still have the problem where, you know, dedicated gaming websites are going to the wayside, and some more important gaming issues uh, may be getting buried under that because there's, you know, you don't have anybody that's looking at certain things in depth. They're only looking at what really is going to generate traffic. 
or generate, uh, you know, getting new people in. Because that's really what they want. You don't want the same old people with the same ad blockers. You want to kind of make it so that maybe somebody who doesn't uh, subscribe to gaming but likes Arrow, they pop something into Google because they want to see something from the latest episode or check out some news about the latest, you know, what's going on Arrow. And, oh, look, Polygon comes up. And they click it. And they don't have an ad blocker. That's what I think the end game is, and I can't, I, mean, I can't hate them from you know I don't I don't have any uh any bad about about to say about making money, but the thing is that that I mean now you're going from being being a specialized press to a non-specialized press, and it, that's why this art this, is, this podcast is called the death of the games press, not the death of the press. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the point here that you know specialized gaming websites are no longer specialized gaming websites. I mean, even us, like, we don't really do, like, we stopped doing news a long time ago. Uh, reviews are getting ready to, uh, you know, get 86 And um, now so we do. And then po- the MASHcast is going away. So <laughs> what's left? What's, what's, what's left for MASH those buttons? What are we then? Well, we, well, we do podcasts. For ga- we still do gaming podcasts, but, like, we're doing community-specific stuff. So, I mean, you know. It really, I removed ads from the website a long time ago. Now that I think about it, it really wasn't helping us out either. But luckily for us, none of us, you know, live off of this site. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it sounds like we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, you know, nobody's, uh, nobody's getting fed off of the Nashless Buttons dole. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, the specialty games press have really, uh, it, it seems like it's it's going away, but why? Like you know, because it, it worked for quite some time. You know, for a while. You know, IGN was you know at the top of the game. Was well, still at the top of the game, but you know they were great for a long time. And then you know, Destructoid popped up, uh, Joystick popped up, and these other gaming websites started popping up and you know a ton of gaming blogs started popping up and then polygon popped up and that polygon was supposed to be like the pinnacle well, you know i think what I'm even i almost think you're getting into like the second wave of games journalism because there were plenty of sites that i remember from way back in the day a good 10 plus years ago that are no longer around like game spy and one up and okay so those two but like I feel like that, that, no, but I, I feel like there was like a, a major like shift in the games media that that I think it, it, and I don't know if this is specific to the games media and like like we alluded to with AOL and Joystick earlier. I think that there was a period of, of rapid expansion where I think in the case of One Up, didn't they get bought out by IGN or uh, or, or GameSpot or some like somebody bought out One Up, and I think the same thing happened to GameSpot. Like somebody, like they, those sites got big enough, they got bought out by a bigger conglomerate, and then at they some did. point yeah. that conglomerate was like, okay, we no longer need these sites, and it axed them. And I think that that's not what you're seeing here, though, because it seems like he, what happened before was purely corporate, and it was just sort of like they got too big and then they got destroyed. But that uh, those talent, everybody from those sites went on to stay in the games media. And I think what you're seeing now is that you're seeing people who are ostensibly the games media deciding to not just cover the games media anymore. That they, they, they uh, that either they just want to personally expand their horizon or they've decided that there's not enough money in the games media that they need to expand their horizon to continue to get views. And that's where you go from being games media to just media, or from games press to just press. But does that does that matter though? I mean, if you're still 
a gamer, and if you still have the contacts that a games journalist would have, and if you still have the ex- experience and the fam- fam- familiarity with games that a games journalist would have, does it matter if you also happen to, you know, talk, you know, if you also happen to talk about, you know, what's going on in the WWE once a week? Dude, I don't have a problem with them talking about whatever they want to talk about. I'm just saying they got one foot out the door. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They got one foot out the door. The parachute's on, and like, if this doesn't work out, okay, we'll see you guys. But like, you know, why? Like, why did that start? You know, why did that start to happen? You know, and um, I think that has like do has to do with a few things. Uh, one, one thing that I didn't necessarily see before, but I, I started seeing more and more and more over time are sensational headlines. You know, the headlines that make it seem like a pro- something is worse than it actually is. So, like, the, the buzzfeedification of the game's media. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't turn off anything. There's, like, sounds going on in the background and shit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that's basically it. Like, there's this one article I was reading a few weeks ago. Well, I didn't read it. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. I did read it, but uh, I had to figure out what they were talking about. Uh, yeah, actually, it was from December. It's like, the Smash community is in chaos right now, talking about Project M, uh, I think, when Project M was closing. And I was like, I read it, and I was like, this doesn't spell chaos at all. Like, you know, they're like, they're not in, the Smash community wasn't in chaos. They were just curious as to what was going on. But you you see these like sensational headlines, kind of like you would on like uh, uh, another news website. You know what I'm saying? And that has been increasing year for year. It feels like like it's really because it's tiring. I don't know about you, but I get tired of reading sensational sensational headlines. Mm-hmm. Just give it, just give it to me straight. What happened? They could have easily just made it Project M and M's development has ended. But the problem, the problem is that you read that headline and then you're like, oh, I, un- I understand. I, like, I received the information. I do not actually need to click on this link to gain further information. Whereas when it's like, you're just like, oh, the community's up in arms. And it's like, well, I need to find out why the community's up in arms. I need to click on this link. So, like, the headline can't tell you everything. And the more sensationalistic it is, then, yeah, the more hits they're going to get because it's sensational. So it's yeah no it, it, it this this problem exp- expands well beyond just the games media this is a huge problem with like internet media in general and and i i feel bad i feel bad for the kids today because like you know good luck parsing this good luck figuring your way out of this because it, it, it's people who like remember a time before the internet when we didn't have quite this sensationalist bullshit like it was. I don't know if it was better back then, but it was. It was easier. I didn't. You didn't have to wade through it, and now you do. Yeah, and it, and it's it's annoying. It's yeah. an idea. Well, I've been. I've been. I've, that's something I've just been noticing more and more. Uh, also, uh, one thing that I think it's turning off a lot of people to a lot of different uh, main gaming websites are like the political articles about games. Mm. Cause that's it's too much. I mean, it's just dude, it's just too much. Sometimes I just want to read about a game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or you know, that, that's that's all I want to do. Get get some gaming news. I just want to read about a game. I really don't need to. 
I don't need necessarily a, a left wing or right wing swing on either case. Mm. You know, even like, you know, traditional left wing and right wing websites are now getting involved in certain things that are happening in games. You know, like Breitbart has had articles about games over the past few years. Well, but that, I think that grew out of Gamergate insofar as like they found like a common audience and it seemed like that the more, the more Breitbart like fed into Gamergate, the more response they got from Gamergate, the more hits they got. And so it was almost like a, a symbiotic relationship there. Like they fed the Gamergaters and the Gamergaters gave them, you know, views and hits. And so, yeah, like, you know, it makes sense that they would have chased that. I think that's one of those things is that, that a lot of these sites do. It's almost like the re- a reverse. In a way, it's almost the reverse of the death of the games media is that you had sites, you had sites like Grantland, you know, God rest its soul, that they had some amazing games coverage and they were not a gaming site at all. They were, well, I mean, fundamentally they were a general entertainment site. They were exact, they were the exact opposite of, of like the transition for Polygon. And it's not really a transition because for them, they set themselves up as like, we're going to cover whatever the hell we want. And so when they covered games, there wasn't anything out of their purview. So, but I think you're seeing like you're seeing news sites. I mean, hell, Forbes Games. I mean, as much as we're bitching about Forbes Games not covering games, it's still a gaming arm of Forbes. <laughs> like that should not exist. <laughs> and so, it, yeah, it, it's. I, I think that as much as as much as it feels like the games media is outreaching to the rest of the world and sort of spreading out their tentacles. At the same time, the rest of the world is dipping their feet into the games media pool. And maybe that's what we're seeing here is that there's no boundaries for anybody anymore is that just as it's easy enough for like the Huffington Huffington Post to talk about some games related event, it's easy enough for Polygon to talk about something that's not games related. And so there's whatever boundaries are there are very fluid at this point. Right. But, (laughs) you you know, you're saying it goes both ways, but if if it's going both ways, that means that there is no games press. There's just the press, which once again is the, the title of the podcast: yeah. is the death of the games press, yeah. because the dedicated games press is starting to go away. But is that a bad thing? Possibly, yes. Well, because, only because I don't necessarily want my chocolate mix with my peanut butter, even though one of the two is not something tasty. It's something like fucking disgusting. Dude, I, don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Chocolate <laughs> peanut butter is amazing. Chocolate, no, <laughs> chocolate peanut butter is amazing. I'm just saying, I couldn't think of anything else to mix with. Like, you know, I don't want my tuna mixed with my ketchup. Something like that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily. You know, I go back. Like, I don't necessarily want. You know my uh, my games news or you know articles about games really mixed with other political stuff. You know, I I, I don't necessarily always want to hear about like you know well this game is well, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something. Uh, let's say I I don't necessarily want to hear about you know every single reason why a game is misogynist. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a game getting picked apart simply because it's not perfectly, you know, equal. When that wouldn't happen, you know, something that wouldn't happen to a book, it wouldn't happen to a movie. It, but it, it does, though. I, I think we don't see it because we're not as deeply entrenched in the 
book and movie journalism sites, and there may well be a podcast right now about the death of book journalism. <laughs> <laughs> but there are there are sites that attack stuff like that. There are there are sites. That, oh no, there are sites. Yes, you, yeah. you're absolutely. There are sites that do it. I'm pretty sure somebody's. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It's not everything or nothing situation, but to the level that is happening in games right now, where every main website and they they usually lean left on top of that, you know, which you know I, I don't have a problem with that. Well, the, the thing is, though, I feel like I feel like it's one of those things where, like how like how is Rush Limbaugh still popular? Because there's a lot of people that don't like Rush Limbaugh. And I feel like like he does have his base, and his base does support him, and the, 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 and that may be enough to keep him popular. But I also feel like there's plenty of people that listen to him because they hate him. And I think it's the same thing with this: is that like these sites that they talk about some of the misogyny and they talk about some of the thing, and they then they may have a point, they may not have a point, but I think they hit that nerve because they know that they're going to get people who want to see that they want to hear that they want to they want to be told that their games are misogynist and they are, or if the game is misogynist then they want to be told that it's misogynist but they also get the people who don't want to hear that who want to rage at it and putting aside what you know whatever may may or may not happen in the comments because the, the polarization of comments that well you know we'll come back to that we'll come back to that because that may may play a bit into this too but but I think you get when when you post an article like that you 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 rile up your base and you piss off the other base, but the other base has to read your article in order to get pissed off. So do you know how many people comment without actually reading the article? But they clicked on it to comment on it. <laughs> they still had to be aware of it. You still got mind share at least. Like and enough of them will click. Unless on it. you're yes, blocking you're right. trackers. Hmm? <laughs> Unless you're blocking trackers. Unless you're blocking trackers, which, but that's the thing though, is if you get enough people to click on it, and you'll, all you need is the, enough of the percentage of people who don't have trackers on, and then you're good. And and that's all it is. Is is they, they write these articles that, you know, these they write these articles that are inflammatory, and then everybody has to read them because they're they're incensed. And it's 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 one of the things that I struggle with because I've seen plenty of times I've we've talked about this before. There have been articles that we've wanted to talk about, and I I I didn't want to talk about these articles not because I didn't want to talk about the topic, but because I didn't want to signal boost the the, the crap that they were promoting. Like it's it's like some of these some of these articles and some of, I mean they're they're trolls. They're trolls at the highest level, and well, it's fun, and I guess perhaps in some way necessary to go point by point and talk about how these trolls need to be taken down and why they're wrong. At the same time, we can't talk about a given article unless we link to it, and presumably if, if anybody has any questions, they can go look at it, And especially especially if we're going to refute an article point by point. Like, you know, you need to kind of go look at the article so you know what we're talking about in response to it. And no, I don't want, like, in honesty, if, if somebody's going to put that crap out there, like the only way to get them to stop putting that crap out there is for nobody to click on it, which means anytime a logical, reasonable person sees that article, they need to not retweet it. They need to not be like, look at this bullshit. They need to just let it alone. And then the only problem, though, is that you're still going to get people that agree with it or at least influenced by the bullshit, and then they're going to retweet it. And then you kind of get this cesspool of just idiots that are all just like believing the bullshit. And that's a problem. And so media is just fucked. 
this is I think if anything this kind of leads not just to the death of games journalism but all journalism because everybody's just fucked I don't know, like the, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you want to have these articles that rile up your base and then get the other base pissed off, but I mean, if you really wanted to, uh, I, I guess like, you know, get even more people involved, I don't think they'd be shutting people down in the comment sections the way they do, if they don't agree, because that well, the, definitely no, but happens the, the, the comment sections, see, but that's the thing about the comment sections that's so beautiful, is that you can shut people down in the comment section, but that doesn't mean that those people who are pissed off aren't going to comment. It just means that they have to link back to your article from their their site, and they can, then they can comment over there. So, all you've done is you've basically drawn a line and said, like, you guys talk over here, we're going to talk over here, but everybody's got to read my shit so everybody can talk about it in their own respective space. Uh, I, I think we think this is a bit too clean and dry, Nick. <laughs> it's not. I'm 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 oversimplifying to a degree, but I, I, it's I don't know. It's it's I don't know. It's it like like clearly clearly the system is working. It, it's the system is working, and the system is also broken. But like the system as it is now, it's not getting fixed because people are making money the way the system is currently set up. And if they weren't making money, then they would be like, oh, wow, this crappy journalism that we're doing, where we're just putting shit out to incite people and not like being respectful or, or actually trying to have an actual dialogue like that. That does not pay stupid, sensationalistic, you know, shit that pays. And so, yeah, let, let's let's rile everybody up. You know, that was another thing. Another thing that Forbes Games was doing is they would post a tweet to an article and it would say like it would say what the article was about it would be like you know like oh like you know star wars you know like you know there's no ray star wars figures or something like that and then like six hours later when they'd go to retweet the article or, or like you know like post the repost the article it'd be like which figure doesn't have any star wars figures or you know like they'd, they'd reframe it as a question that you had to click on and the idiot that i am i'd be scrolling through my feed backwards and i'd be like oh like this looks interesting. Maybe I'll look at this. And then like, you know, like several tweets later, I'd be like, oh, this is the answer to that question I had before. I'm glad I kept scrolling instead of clicking because now I'm not interested in reading this article. And and again, it's that same, it's that same kind of like bullshit. Like, just give me the information. Like, like, like I get that you need to get the click to get paid for the information, but that, like, don't over sensationalize just to get somebody to click on it and be like, oh, this is boring. The one... The, one of the best things I think you, you no, you know what? I found it because Twitter said you were following it. And so now I'm following it. Saved you a click. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. That is one of the best things you can follow on Twitter because anytime there's any stupid bullshit going on that anybody's like, you know, like, like all the stupid bullshit, like how many people won the Powerball or, or all kinds of crazy shit. Like they're just like, you know, they, they have a link to an article that, that, with a question and it's like, you know, you know uh, like what was it like? What did Kanye and Kim name their latest baby? And then it just tells you the answer right there. You don't have to click on anything because it saved you a click. Like it is the best thing you could ever follow on your Twitter. If you follow one thing, don't even follow MTB site. Follow saved you a click. Because yeah. <laughs> it really does save you a yes. click. And actually, you know, somebody wrote an like a like an angry article about Save You a Click. Who? Oh, I have to find it. No, don't because you know what? Save yourself the click. <laughs> oh, I'm you know why they're writing an angry article because people aren't clicking because they realize oh, like, oh, I'm posting stupid shit. It's The Verge and BuzzFeed. Oh, of course, because what do they do? They 
<laughs> they thrive on you clicking. Yes. Are you proud? The name of the article is "Are you proud of yourself?" Uh, saved you a click. Absolutely. The fact that they're writing that article means yes, you should be proud. Yes. Absolutely. Oh yeah, here we go. They're saying, oh, he didn't save anyone a click at all. He stole an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's like saying the guy that invented the polio vaccine, you know, stole the experience of getting polio from people. Yeah, exactly. This person's pretty mad because I guess there was an article that was written and it was a long article. Here we go. Uh, Today, my friends at Vox.com published a terrific 5,000 word feature about the legacy of the Sopranos framed around, you know, um, an exclusive piece of reporting, and I guess Saved Your Click kind of told him what the, the like, you know, uh, what the punchline was. It was supposed to be, like, you know, I guess they asked a question in in, in that article, and Saved Your Click just kind of told him what the answer was. Because <laughs> you didn't get a chance to read this 5,000-word feature. If, if, I hate to say it, but if your 5,000-word feature can be summed up into half of a 140-character tweet, then <laughs> yes. you didn't do it right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So they were upset about that, and obviously BuzzFeed didn't like it either. No, of course BuzzFeed, because that's BuzzFeed's whole model. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, it's funny. Um, but, no, yeah, Like part of the problem is, you know, when the games media was more games media when it was I guess more people who were fans of video games or or, hobby, or game hobbyists you didn't have a lot of this going on now that you have you know more uh, I guess regular media or press kind of getting into it now it's definitely uh, more of a game to like you know clickbaity headlines and you know stuff like that and it's it's frustrating it's annoying well, see, I, I don't know if it has to do with who's in the games media at this point so much as just the fact that those clickbait, like clickbait works. We 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 invented the word clickbait for a reason because it was happening enough that we had to give it its own word. Like it's, I, I think that it's more. It's just that unfortunately some of these sites have figured out how to draw you know, figured out how to present content in such a way that the fact that it's weak content doesn't matter. And the problem is like anybody, everybody else needs to play by the same, play the same game basically in order to keep pace. Um, and, and it's, I mean, that's, I, I think that's one of the things maybe why our news, you know, one of the reasons why we stopped doing news is because we weren't, Gonna, we weren't going to play those games. I don't think we've ever put up like a clickbaity headline or, I mean, you know, I think you've done more of the headlines than I ever did. So, I mean, you could probably speak to that better, but I don't think we've ever actually, tr- you know, I don't think we ever said, well, we need to get more hits. Let's start, you know, let's start being shitty media. No, no, we never did that. And specifically, like when we had the headline section, it was really about getting the information out there. That's why the headlines were just kind of, you know, they had the, the headline itself, and then the article for the headline was 300 words or less, hmm. preferably less. That was the whole idea of the of, of the section. Thing is, to get news out, I think you kind of have to be a large enough period. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because we were always, I would say for the most part, I felt like we were just getting our news from somewhere else. If in the few times that we did get a news straight from a source, usually the other sources got it first. Oh yeah, that happens a lot. 
because uh, like you know we I, I would see an article pop up on joystick right or polygon or kotaku and then like five hours later i get the same press release with the same info i'm like why would i publish this now you know yeah. like you know they sent it to me just say so you can send it to me but like why would i publish this at all when the other sites already have it, it's already, the news has already been, uh, you know, just dispersed. And if and if we were quick enough, we would have kind of not 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 stolen it off Joystick to say, but we would have, you know, posted something probably linking back to Joystick at least, saying like, oh, here's news anyway before before they would have even told us about it. Like, oh, we could actually post like links to the actual source kind of thing. Oh yeah, actually, and don't get me, I understand the value of getting an article first. Trust me. I understand because we we've had pieces where we got info first and like those pieces exploded. Mm-hmm. Like um, I remember specific, one I did specifically was about Rage. When Rage right before Rage came out and I got a chance to to see a demo and I went right from the demo to the media box or well, not to the media box but to the media room at PAX, wrote an article and published that shit and it was like immediately you know how how fast people got onto it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the the wow thoughts that I did on Pet Battles, I think I got into the beta that morning as soon as it went up when Pet Battles was there, and I played and I wrote about that like the same day, and it was one of the first pieces on Pet Battles to go up, and I think that did a lot of traffic. Yes, yeah, it did. So I, I, I get it, but I mean, I guess it's different for us because we don't, like I said, we don't rely on this for food. Yeah. Well, but, the, the, well, that's the thing too. Is the only reason I got that piece up, I happened to be off that day from my job that I do rely on to get food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to go to that job that day, that pet battles piece doesn't get written. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I um, I, I, don't get me wrong. I understand you do what you got to do to to make your money. Yeah, you know, this isn't a charity uh, for for these for these websites. But at the same time, uh, it's just a shame to see the games media going to the wayside for multiple reasons like not just one reason it's the it's you know the clickbaity articles it's the the politics and the video games and actually one term i'm getting tired of hearing because you know some other people have brought up you know bringing up politics and social issues with video games not the games themselves but like kind of forcing these issues onto these games and um Oh, some people say, well, it's because video games are growing up. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like video games have been, like, video games aren't, they're, they're not childish. They've never been childish. Of course, we've had, you know, uh, video games that were more childish than some, like Earthworm Jim and, you know, stuff like that. And some were targeted toward children more than others. But, I mean, you know, since games has, have existed, it's been like a uh, an ageless medium, you know? What a lot of people want is for games to be taken more seriously, and I think that's why they're starting to kind of put these things on it. You know, the, these things that, you know, these, these social issues, like, well, this game really reflects this social issue, and then stretch to find out, st- put a stretch on it to uh, say, see, see, uh, th- this does have something to do with my political issue that I'm talking about. Yeah, I th- I th- so what you're saying then is that games, like, the that aspect of the games media, it's more a function of the time. Because, I mean, that's happening to, like, that's kind of happening to all media at this point, I think we're seeing. More so than it is that, I guess what they're, they're saying, that it's because games have matured to a certain point. It's not so much that, it's just that that's kind of everybody, a certain attitude that people take towards all media. 
and games being media are affected by that. It's not like they matured into that. It's just that's kind of what's happening in general. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, it's it it it's just because I, on the one hand, like I'm like if if there's a flaw in media, like it should be taken to task. Like you know, if be it games or, or movies or books or whatever, like if there's some some inherent flaw. On the other hand, though, I feel like an artist should be allowed to have their vision, and sometimes their vision is not entirely diverse and it seems a little unfair to criticize an artist for not presenting a diverse view when that's not the story that they wanted to tell. Um, if you're going to treat them as artists. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, cause it's, it's, it's kind of like, it'd be kind of like complaining a little bit, like say like, Oh, well, Da Vinci painted the last supper. How come there weren't any gay people in that picture? And it's right. like, well, technically, like it's a you know, like it's a historical representation or whatever. But it's like, you know, like that's like it, it's the that's the image that he wanted to paint. He had his reasons, be it historical or whatnot. And but nobody, like nobody's gonna like nobody attacks the Last Supper for lacking a certain representation. And I mean, and obviously that's a bit of a, an extreme example. But at the same time, like there's there there there's sort of people are too quick. People are too quick to attack rather than understand. And I think it, it was it John Ronson wrote the book. Oh God, I can't think of the name of the book. I have to look it up. Um, but he, he, he wrote the book about shaming and he talked about like when somebody says something that's outrageous, that seems horrifically offensive or even not horrifically offensive, like Instead of every like everybody's initial reaction is to grab the pitchforks and attack them instead of saying like, whoa, why did you say that? Because the way you said that, that came off a little bit callous and insensitive. And, you know, maybe, you know, once I tell you that what you said came off as callous and insensitive, you can rephrase what you said. And we don't do that. Immediately, we attack everybody to, to, to force them to you know, and force them to shut up. And his book is, so you've been publicly shamed by the way. Um, I haven't read it, but I've heard plenty of interviews with him. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting topic. And it's, it's one of those things where as like a, a consuming media, like, you know, like, like, cause even then, like, I mean, that's the thing is, when, you know, it's almost like, because we're like Polygon, we keep going back to Polygon. Like they tend to, be, they tend to be arming the militia, as it were, like giving everybody the pitchforks to take somebody down for saying something. And instead of like instead of attacking, we just need to sort of be like, hey, like you know, like why did you like why did why did you say that? Like, can't we have more of a dialogue? And I guess the problem is that, as I said before, like there's no money in understanding. There's no money in a dialogue. It's too easy to just be like, hey, you know, like this game is misogynistic, and let's just attack the game and shut it down. I think I think we had a very interesting discussion about hatred back when hatred came out. And there were plenty of sites that just dismissed it out of hand. Very true, yeah. <laughs> Although I think I may have that may have been one of the things where I was like, I don't even know if I want to talk about this and then like but we did talk about it though. We did talk about it. So Yeah, yeah we it, did, but sure a lot of sites don't they take one side and that's it. They don't really 
there is no dialogue back and forth. I mean, Gamergate is a great example of that. Great example of the side, both sides talking at each other and past each other, but not really conversing with. I mean, if you go to Polygon or, or Kotaku and you say anything in the defense of Gamergate, uh, you are immediately dismissed. But, yeah, but, no, and, and I think that's the problem is that there are the, sort of the, the staunchest advocates of both sides have no interest in an understanding. They want, they just want to get their opinion out there, get everybody riled behind them, and they don't care what the other side does outside of how they can use it to rile up their own side. There are... Like the reason there's never going to be any resolution to Gamergate is because the pro and anti-Gamergaters have no interest in that. What fuels them is the controversy. What fuels them, what gets more people going, is the the, the battle. And so the problem is that anybody that was actually looking for some kind of like reasonable, you know, reconcilable resolution. Anybody that was interested in that immediately realized that both sides were crazy and just left the debate altogether. Just, just, just was like, just shut up about it. Just shut up about it. I don't want to hear about it anymore. That was sort of like the rational response to that. And unfortunately, that made you look callous to either side. But both sides were being stupid. That's true, because I, I actually wrote an article, one of, the, one of the last articles I wrote on the site um, was an article asking... Because this is about Sarkeesian going on to on Dateline and on mm. Colbert, uh, asking you know the misogynists like is this what you were trying to do? Like how does it feel? Like is this what your goal was to push her into the spotlight? You know because she she wanted the Colbert and you know it was a you know standard procedure there whatever you know what you would expect from her. You know I would say it was it was one of his shittier interviews, but that's besides the point. Yeah, because he has zero interest in video games. Yes, but um, you know, she was talking about you know misogyny in games, misogyny in media, and I'm like, okay, that yeah, got it, yeah, but that's that sounds about right, which is fine. I mean, you can't deny there's misogyny in video games. I mean, like yeah. this, you can't deny it. Like it, it, it is. So I didn't have I didn't have a problem with that interview. The one I had a problem with was the the Dateline one, where they were showing clips from different games. She was like, yeah, see this Grand Theft Auto, this Grand Theft Auto, you can kill women, you can kill women in this game. You could run women down. You could do this. You could do that. Completely, completely ignoring the fact that you can kill anybody in that game. You can also not kill anybody in that game. Yes. It's entirely up to the player whether or not you want to be a misogynist in that game. Yeah. It like, never occurred to me. It never occurred to me until you pointed that out that I could actually just go and only kill women in that game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what they were talking about. And then, you know, they mentioned Hitman. Like, well, you know, you can go into Hitman and you kill these women, and the game promotes you. You know, the, the game pro- uh, doesn't directly tell you to do it, but they promote you posing the body and stuff like that, which is a complete lie. Because in Hitman, if you kill anybody besides the target, you actually get deducted points. You know, so it's it's actually not you know pushing you to do that stuff. So that's the the one I had the biggest problem with. But it's kind of like you know, are you guys happy? Are you happy with what you did? And I specifically mentioned I'm not talking about the gamer gators that you know are actually in it because they 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 are concerned about ethics and games journalism. I'm talking about the people who are hiding behind the Gamergate hashtag and are actual misogynists who hate Sarkeesian because she's a woman or hate Sarkeesian because she's bringing up this issue and they're thinking, oh no, everything's fine, you're just going to ruin everything. Like, those people. 
Like, cause this is, this is that, like that interview was their fault mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so I, I'm saying these things and then I am making sure I specifically target these people with, with no, uh, with no cloud to it. Like, you know, I'm specifically talking to these people who hate Sarkeesian mainly because she's a woman or that she's bringing up an issue that's real. Mm-hmm. And the reply I got back on the article, it was somebody telling me they were never going to read match those buttons again, because we're clearly attacking the victims here. The victims being the misogynist, you know? So you're like, I, I, I was just saying all that stuff because it's, you're right, like, the two sides have no interest in understanding the other. Yeah, but, you know, I gotta say, the joke's on him, because you can't read Mash Those Buttons anymore, because all we do is podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, any side, if you say something that's not 100% with what they believe, mm-hmm. the other side is gonna attack you. It's, it's, it's the either you're with us or you're against us mentality. And... You can't only be, you can't like half ass being with us. You have to be a hundred percent with us. Are you ninety nine point five percent with us? Nope, you're against us. Yep. And 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 that's a terrible mindset to have because instead of that, like that doesn't get you allies. That just pisses people off. That that causes anybody who might be sympathetic to your cause, who might you know, who could become an ally if you explained it to them, actually engage them in dialogue. That just turns into be like, well, you guys are assholes, and they just shut down and leave. And maybe you can win because then, like, if both sides are playing that game, then it's like just whoever, whichever side has more assholes is going to win. But ideally, it should be whichever side has more rational people should win, and the side that wins with that is apathy. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I guess the thing about it, I mean, I, the press in general does take sides, you know, CNN versus Fox News or MSNBC versus, you know, Breitbart. <laughs> um, the, 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 the media does take sides, unfortunately, but for the games press to start taking sides, that's, that's an issue. Like, they, 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 they really should be Switzerland in these situations and kind of let the communities work out what they're going to work out. But that's that's not happening. That's kind of like driving people away, you know. But see, I think that ties into at least what I think about like these these sites covering other stuff. Because to me, it's like there's a general. I, th- I feel like the shift in the media is from topics to personalities, and that like you're right. A site should be neutral. It should just be like here. You're going to come here. You're going to read an article. It's going to be presented fairly, and you know, cover both sides of the issue. Um, you know, and, you know, reasonably, reasonably cover both sides of the issue. And instead, what I think happens now is, and I think a lot of this has to do with Twitter, because whereas before, like, you kind of had to, like, go a little bit further to, like, be like, oh, well, like, I like this author, I like his work, I like the news articles that he posts, does he have, like, his own blog or something that I can find? Like, now it's like, you just, oh, like, you know, you, you read one piece by an author, you can just follow him on Twitter all of a sudden. And then now you're getting, now you're getting their opinion fed to you. And it's not, and like, it's Twitter, so it's not, like, it's at all restricted to one topic. It's literally about everything. And so, now what's happening is that you'll see these people who, you know, as, as, as these reporters are getting, you know, larger and larger quantities of followers, they, you know, every opinion they post, like, oh, hey, like, I posted about, you know, I posted my thoughts on... You know the, the 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 Packers losing to the Cardinals, 
and people retweeted and, and commented on that. And clearly, people are interested in my opinion on this. So I'm going to actually write something about this. And I think it's the same thing where it's like, oh, like I posted an opinion on a game and I said something that maybe I wouldn't have said in a news piece 10, 15 years ago, but I put an opinion out there. People responded to that. People want to see that opinion in my piece. And so what I think is happening is that we're looking more not for, we're not looking for journalism. We're not looking to see anything segmented. We're looking to see, we're looking for personality and, and, and opinion and that opinion across a spectrum of things. And I think that's kind of what we're getting. And, and you're right. That is the death of games journalism. And so far as it's another reason why people are just, you know, just, just sharing all of their opinions instead of, keeping it on topic, keeping it restricted, you know, having somewhere else to put other thoughts. Um, and it's not that hard to keep it segmented in that way, but it's, it's, I, I think it's just, that's, that's sort of the direction the media is going in general is you just find people, you follow them, you get all their opinions and that's that. Yeah. But that's, I guess that's, that's kind of my point is that I'm not looking for opinions <laughs> in, a, in a lot of places. And I, I'm not talking about opinion pieces. Like, that's a different story. But when you take a piece of news and turn it into an opinion piece or you present it with a bias, that pisses me off. That's, that, yeah, yeah, that's not just games media lately. <laughs> that's, yes, exactly. It's the press, which, say it with me, Nick. Is the death <laughs> of the games. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. That, that's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point that, you know, because, because, you know, it's, it's basically just molding into one. Everybody's doing the same thing. And it's, it's, I think it's financially, financially motivated primarily, you know? So we've been talking about this for an hour and five. I didn't think this conversation was going to last more than 40 minutes. Seriously? Yeah. Have you not podcasted with me before? (laughs) Ah, uh, you know, I, I did believe in you, Nick. I do believe in you. <laughs> I told you, didn't I say? I said, like, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll pull something out of my butt to talk for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, like I said, the MASHcast is going away, but our other podcasts are not. We still have In Orbit, which is every other week, uh, and that is uh, well, that switches with uh, Wow Talk which is the alternating weeks. Uh, but Wild Talk was here first, so technically speaking, in orbit alternates with that. Got to make sure we, we put that in perspective since the host of Wild Talk is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, uh, we still have Double Tap, which is the first uh, week of every month. We have Watchpoint. Watchpoint has four special editions coming out. Uh, one's already out. Actually, the second one will also be out soon. And then uh, that'll roll us right into when, uh, into February when we have our first official episode. And Overwatch beta should be back by that point. So that, that'll be cool. Uh, so Watchpoint is our newest podcast about Overwatch. So, uh, yeah, check that out. If you are into Overwatch or if you're like uh, a lot of people who are upset that they never got a beta invite, I'll play in your name. <laughs> You know, I'm playing for you guys. We appreciate that. No problem. No problem. I do what I can. Oh, uh, you catch all of our podcasts on iTunes and on Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, on Overcast for iOS, we are on Player.fm. We are on 
Pocket Casts. We are also on SoundCloud, and we have an RSS feed just in case you have your own RSS reader that you like to use. We are on Twitter.com slash MTB site. We're on Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons, and we are on YouTube.com slash Smash Those Buttons. I am underscore jaw underscore on Twitter. Nick, how about you? At WookieBH. Yes, and, you know, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, if you're a member of the Games Press and you think we're wrong, go ahead. <laughs> you can't respond because you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let us know what you think. Uh, but yes, uh, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Have a great week, everybody. 